Hey, everybody. Welcome to a bonus episode of Long Story Short, the podcast. I'm Megan. I am Wendy. And today we have the absolute pleasure of being joined by Julie Sherman Wolf, the writer of our absolute favorite movie from the New Year New Movies lineup this year, which was Taking a Shot at Love. And she is also a prolific Hallmark movie writer. <laughs> we are so excited to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys for having me so much. And I will say thank you again for the amazing art that you created from some of the dialogue. And that's how we met and found each other. And I have them ready to print and put them on my office wall. So thank you again for that. That makes my heart happy. Fabulous. I love them. I love them. I almost want you to watch every movie I've ever written and make things. But I would never ask you to do that. (laughs) Okay. Oh, I love a challenge. I love a challenge. I'm just saying, if you happen to see another one, (laughs) I will do. I got a whole wall. (laughs) (laughs) We have been trying to track them down as they uh, are re-airing. For those who don't know, Wendy creates unique um, images for each one of the Hallmark movies we review, and you can find those on our Instagram, which is Girls Gone Hallmark. She grabs fun lines from the movies, and they're always a surprise to me. (laughs) That's her project, so I love seeing them. And my friend Nina, my friend Nina Weinman, who, or I guess she's, did she say Weinman on TV? Yeah, Nina Weinman. Um, she has a, another last name in life, but, um, oh. <laughs> she, I, I, I actually forwarded her, forwarded, I think you did one for her, um, I did, uh, for hers, and she, I, she loved it too. So, um, thank you for she, her. Thank you. Uh, so why don't you start by telling us just a little bit about yourself? Um, well, I, um, I lived, I've been writing for 25-ish years. Um, Most of those were in Los Angeles. And then thanks to the Hallmark work, I was just able to leave, which was my preference. (laughs) I grew up in North, I grew up in Northern California, went to school in San Diego, and then ended up in LA. So I pretty much did the California thing enough. And I was ready, always loved New England, always loved the East Coast. And same with my husband who grew up in Los Angeles. So when it was clear that the Hallmark thing was working out pretty well, and you know, he's a teacher and he can pretty much get a teaching job wherever. We we're just like, this is it's now or never. Our son at the time was seven or eight, eight. This is about three and a half years ago. He, you know, we said this is it, this is our chance. And we just basically found a house. I saw it online. I knew that was exactly the right house in the right town and, and basically put an offer in, flew there to sign the paperwork. Greg never saw the house till he walked in with the keys when we owned it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Cause we knew what we, we've been looking at houses for 15 years at that point. Like we had the same, we, I knew he would love it. And yeah, so here we are. And I have my own little Hallmark world that I live in. And there's, I'm looking at a ton of snow outside and it's fantastic. I love it. I love it. Um, so my husband is also a teacher and I have to tell you that his lifelong dream in the back of his mind, in spite of never having written anything, is to be a Hallmark movie writer. <laughs> so, um, I'm curious, how did you make the transition? How did you get into writing for Hallmark? Um, so I started in sitcoms. That was where I was for a long time. And then that, I had a kind of a dry spell and then I romantic comedy has always been my favorite genre ever. Even before I was a, you know, a movie or TV writer, that was just my favorite thing. And, um, 
I wrote a couple of feature films that got sold. One was to Disney and one was to Paramount. And that sort of gave me these the samples that I needed to sort of break into the TV movie market. And I was friends with one of the executives at Hallmark for a long time. And we just never, it just never worked out. And then finally kind of all the stars aligned and I hooked up with a producer and had my first movie with Hallmark. And luckily for me, they just really, really responded well to it. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. And I did a lot of, tween stuff. I did a lot of Disney Channel before that. And and the movie that I had written that won an award was a young, you know, a YA Disney Channel movie. But once I got into the Hallmark thing, I was just so happy. And I just kind of didn't even try to do anything else anymore. I, I, you know, I, I used to have pilots and try, you know, sitcom pilots, and I would pitch to try and run a show or try and have my own series or do all these things. And then once I got in with Hallmark, I was just fulfilled. I just felt like, okay, I'm just happy. I can do this forever. And as, as long as they let me, I will. And so um, I just, you know, I, a couple times I've, I've had a, been approached to develop a series and I'm like, yeah, but then I have to move and <laughs> back to Los Angeles. And, yeah. yeah or, or, or in my, you know, my son's, he's, he's a tween now and I just feel like mm-hmm. I need to be around mm-hmm. and yeah, until they decide they're sick of me, I'm just going to keep doing this. Hey, well, I think you've absolutely found the perfect place for you. Um, <laughs> and obviously, you know, I was looking at your IMDb, IMDb page, and you are a prolific writer. I mean, you had three movies in 2020, three in 2019, four in 2017. And so I have kind of a two-part question. One, okay. how are you turning out this much content? And two, <laughs> you mentioned that you do some rewriting. So are some of these oh, scripts yeah. that come to you like half developed and they're like, we like this idea, but it's not there. Can you work your magic? Yeah. So I would say that's not most of them. Most okay. of them were just my thing. The last couple of years is when I really started doing the rewrite thing. Um, only because I, it was almost like I was doing it as, as a favor to the executives that I've become close with at Hallmark where they just really needed. And, and you know, I'd like to keep the boss happy. And, you know, and it also is a great way to develop new relationships with producers. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes the producers will like the script they have turned in and Hallmark doesn't. And so you come in and you're kind of like, you know, well, who's this person going to change everything? (laughs) But then I, I I, ultimately, you know, I'll I'll win them over. But um, uh, so as far as something like taking a shot at love. That was just a script that had been um, going back and forth and back and forth. And, and Hallmark just wasn't feeling like it was right. And I came in and um, it was a lovely experience. And I'm, I love that I met these producers and, you know, that got made. And I feel, I still feel like it's my script because I did write, um, you know, I did change quite a bit, but then, you know, the, the idea, the initial story that was still the same was, you know, ballet dancer helps a, injured hockey player rehab an injury, you know, but there's a million ways to do that. And sometimes, you know, the initial script can be fine and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just not the way the Hallmark wants it to be. So, you know, I I don't feel like it it was bad, but it just wasn't the way Hallmark wanted it to be. And, and, you know, at this point I know the formula backwards and forwards, they, they just, they just sometimes need to bring in somebody who's been around a lot, like a lot longer to sort of put it in that Hallmark place is what it is. Right. And I have another one, actually, um, I have another rewrite that I just finished that is getting made in March. Same, same situation, similar situation where it it was, the script was good and there was, you know, it was a cute idea and everything. It just needed to get that extra little nudge to put it in that Hallmark place. 
Is that a summer movie that we can look forward to? Um, there's, okay, so there's one that I've had in development for four years that finally oh got made, and that's for spring, and that's called uh, Right in Front of Me, and I don't know if that's public knowledge. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, uh, anyway, it doesn't, no, they're, they're starting shooting it next week, so it's it's not a big secret. Um, that one, that's all, that one's not a rewrite, that's just an original, and then the one they're shooting in March is actually going to be for next winter for that winter fest. You know, I know I did, one of you did not like the new movie new year. I don't know where that came from, but you know, I call it winter fest still. And so does everybody else. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> so, I was a little harsh on that, but to me, it's always going to be winter fest in my heart. Well, that's why I stole winter fest and put it in as Avon winter fest. Cause I'm like, well, winter fest still is a cool name. So I'm using love it. it. <laughs> so I stole it and I used it. And now I'm now I'm convincing the mayor of Avon, who I'm friends with, to make an actual Avon Winterfest <gasps> because we don't have one. I'm like, I told her, I'm like, you had the perfect thing now. Make it happen. Oh, make <laughs> like, that happen. I want to fly yeah. out there. Wendy wants to yeah. go. I Are you guys in L.A.? Orange County, just south oh. of L.A. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, the only thing we miss is our annual passes to Disney, but not, not that you oh. can use them right now. But Not um, now. That was... <laughs> My son basically grew up there. So, well, and now they've eliminated the them all together. They've sunsetted the annual pass program. I'm sure it'll come back in like some forever. Form. Well, they are refunding everybody. And oh my gosh, I think the issue is when they reopen, they're going to have to reopen in stages with smaller groups. And I think trying to manage, you know, the annual passes, we believe kind of ruined Disneyland a little bit. And so I think they just need a fresh start. And trying to manage yeah. these million annual pass holders while trying to regulate crowds would seems like a logistical nightmare. So you know what you know what killed it, and I know this is off topic. Uh, what what they messed up was letting people do payment plans. Yes, yep. <laughs> because then everybody could do it, and then you showed up, and like you know, I, people would show up for two hours, and mm-hmm. the park would be packed yeah. because everyone just you know took their daily walk on Main Street. Yeah, and so, myself included. Yeah. I mean, we were guilty of that, but. Um, yeah, it became. It got to the point where there was no down. There were no off days. There was no right. time. The only day off day was rain, and that was my favorite day to go. Yeah, we Always. Sunday mornings were our favorite. It was the only kind of couple hours of quiet, but mm-hmm. that was really it. And we would have to get up at like five thirty in the morning. I know. To I, get there's there. nothing better. I know, but there's nothing better than like empty Main Street. It's yes. the best thing yeah. ever. Yes. Yeah, I do miss that. Anyway, we miss it too. Well, back on topic. Anyway. <laughs> so, when you're creating these movies, how involved do you get to be with the production once the script is written? It Does just it depends. Depend? Yeah, yeah, it depends on who it is. If it's a producer that I'm, I've worked with before, they know that I I prefer to take the script all the way through production, which I'm doing right now with the one there's there's just about to start. Where even the director's amazing, and it's this woman who is is a Canadian. Uh, woman who I love and we just we just hit it off so great and you know she's wonderful because anytime she's about to change any dialogue or has a question she comes and asks me and a lot of times you'll get these directors who just cannot be bothered with the writer and will rewrite whatever they want to rewrite and then I'll watch the movie and be like wait where where did this come from and there's a couple actually (laughs) there's one line I'm not even gonna say which line it is but there's a line in taking a shot at love that I did not write that I find cringy and it it I'll tell it to you off off uh, <laughs> off the Please do. Okay. I can't wait. But I didn't, but that was the one thing that the somebody else wrote that I didn't uh, I was not involved in and I it just makes me just ugh, I hate it. So um you know it just 
just depends. I've had I had one movie that I turned it in to the network and I literally never heard from anybody again until it aired. and and the director took a pat like you know wrote did a pass on it and rewrote a bunch of stuff and i was like well i don't know you know this really isn't i don't even consider it my movie at this point but whatever and so just it really just depends i prefer with the people that i like to work with and there's it's most of them actually i have wonderful relationships with everybody for the most part and you just shepherd the script all the way through that's Mm -hmm. because if you don't, then the voice changes. And that was the problem that I ran into on this other one where it didn't sound like the same movie because it was some of it was my voice and some was this director's voice. So it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel right. And to me, voice is everything. And that's what I'm, that's my, that's my thing that I'm known for is sort of the banter. And and generally people can tell you kind of, my scripts have a tone to them that is very specific to me. And so you can tell when it's not. I, I try and be as involved as possible. So switching gears to writing in a pandemic, you mentioned your husband's a teacher. My husband is, <clears throat> excuse me, also a teacher. And one thing that, you know, we noticed in the transition, he taught from home for months. And yep. he's a, a Zoom screamer. <laughs> Has, has no sense of his yes. volume. So for me, trying to uh, yeah. also work in a home where someone who is scream teaching downstairs scream changed teaching. the dynamic of our house a little bit. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, with your husband, I would imagine home more than he used to be, your son maybe mm-hmm. doing school at home. Did that change your writing process? Did that add Very additional much. challenges for you? Well, yeah. I mean, because it's funny. So I, my workload didn't really change. Um, they all, I was still doing all what everything I was doing, but the time at the time of working changed because my son was home. Luckily in Connecticut, um, you know, it's pretty rural here. It's not, I mean, it's still, it's still semi-urban, you know, it's just, it's a nice mm-hmm. suburb, right? So mm-hmm. they're, they're back, they're back in school in person for the most part. And then they'll, but then they had a hybrid for the beginning of the year. And then every so often the class will get quarantined and then they'll be remote for a few days. So it's like, it just kind of goes back and forth. But when everybody's home and I'm trying to write, it's impossible. And, and mm-hmm. I, I have my own office and I have my door closed and I have curtains and I have noise machines, but <laughs> there's always something happening where, you know, mom, the Wi-Fi is not working. It's glitching, you know, help me. And it's always some, <laughs> there's always some issue right upstairs and his, his, the learning if I call it his little annex, his little learning annex, it's right above my office. And there's just always something. And then when it's, you know, time for lunch, I usually try and have him make his own lunch, but then, you know, um, I'm here and he wants, you know, the, I, I have to go make him go do recess, go down to the basement and work out or do something. And I just can't focus in on my own screen the, the way I normally would have before when I had the house to myself. And, my husband generally has been out teaching, I would say last, you know, last spring when everything happened and everybody was home, that was more challenging. But now he's mostly teaching at the school. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, he's, his class is quarantined. So he's home like right now. Oh. And I can hear him teach and he's very, and he's loud too. Isn't that funny? <laughs> he's got that, you know, and he's, he's chipper and he's trying to just engage them. Right. So right. Of really course. loud. Uh, he teaches history. I don't know what your husband teaches. English um, and history in middle oh, school. Oh, so there you go. Yeah. So he's, yeah, same thing. I'll say he's eighth grade history. That's funny. Oh, how funny. Um, so, yeah, so he's got that whole thing going on. Um, I like my alone time 
Me too. Same. <laughs> and, I, and I don't always, I, and every single day I'd say, oh, I finally have a day where I don't have to work. Like I don't have a gun to my head and I'm just going to putter around the house. That's the day someone's quarantined. Someone has to be remote. And so that's, it's just that time. I need like four hours of focused time with no distractions to really get that good work in for the day. And that's the hardest part is just getting that four hours or so. And that's, and I work for much longer than four hours a day because I always have a bunch of different stuff going on at the same time, but to get that chunk of really solid work. That's the only, that's the big change that's happened. It's just hard to get that. Yeah. I oh, go ahead, Wendy. I was just gonna say, I can't imagine being under a deadline to get something finished and not being able to focus your time on it. That must be, that's why I, so I end stressful. up. So try being like, well, well, well out of college age, but then pulling all nighters. Cause that's what yeah. it ends up being like. So I am, uh, <laughs> I'm not young anymore. And pulling an all-nighter is not recoverable. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I've done them. I've done a few. Actually, the last two weeks, I would say, I had a couple really late nights, like 2, 3 a.m. working to get stuff done. And I just I just can't bounce back the way I used yeah. to. You know, it's just hard. So, I mean, but that's just part of the – that's part of the trade-off is, you know, I get this amazing life. I get to do – I get to work at home and – all that stuff. But then every so often it just, my friends know this to hear, like it's hard to get me to do stuff. Cause I'm usually working well into the evening. Mm-hmm. I've decided to take a little bit of a, I'm trying to sort of, my workload was really crazy and I'm trying to make it less, less crazy and take on less projects for a while, just to sort of calm down a little, calm everything down a little bit. So we've noticed a shift in the types of stories Hallmark is writing a little bit more mm-hmm. diverse stories in terms of, yep the lifestyles of the characters. And yes. that's something that we're very much in favor of. We're celebrating mm-hmm. that when we see it. Um, and do you feel like this gives you a little bit more freedom when you're writing? Totally. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's just way, it's just great. I love it. And, and my, my biggest note used to be in the, in the old regime it used to be that my characters are too snarky and sarcastic and to pull back on that. And, and that's, not really a note I'm getting anymore, which oh. is great. That's because I, I prefer to have my characters have a little bit of an edge and be funny. And because um, comedy is sort of where my background is. Yeah. So I prefer that. And then also the, the stories we can tell, they, they've broadened the kinds of stories that we can tell as well. Like I have a couple of pitches that are into them that have to do with um, a couple dealing with infertility because my husband and I dealt with that and that's nothing I've ever seen on Hallmark yet. And um, just, just r- more, more real stuff. It could still be fun and light and Hallmarky, but just dealing with a little bit more reality, but still what people love about Hallmark is sort of that escape from reality. So it's certainly not going to be, I'm not going to write anything like the old school made for TV, very special presentation, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm not going to write the Emmy winning TV movie about COVID. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's not, <laughs> that's just not, that's not what I'm here for. You know, I right. like, and that's not be like, that's my job. Hallmark is for. Right. They yeah. want, they want the happy ending. And I, I take a lot of, I actually take a lot of pride in that. What we have done is an escape for people right now. That is sort of this bubble of normalcy and happy endings because right now everything else is so up in the air. So I I'm very proud to be part of that escape 
for people. So I'm certainly not going, you know, so while we are, while our movies have a more realistic edge to them and, and tell, you know, obviously show the world, the diversity that's all around us, that we, that is real. We also still are aware that we are here to give people that little two hour break. Yeah. I, we, I think we can definitely appreciate that right now. I'm known for loving escapist TV because I'm a big baby and I need my TV <laughs> to be kind of like visual Prozac sometimes. Yeah. My husband wanted to watch like the hunters that hunters show. And I'm like, I can't deal with like Nazis and violence right now. I need to watch the office. Yeah, That's what I'm, wa- exactly. I'm like. I'm just rewatching and my son's now watching it with us, which is hilarious. It's fun. It's so funny to see him watching the office. Cause we can, he gets it now. It's just very fun. So that's what we're doing. We're, we're completely avoiding conflict, <laughs> like dramatic it. conflict and violence. So, yeah. Okay. Well, you mentioned before we started recording that you, first of all, Taking a Shot at Love was the first movie in the New Year, New Movies slash Winterfest <laughs> series. Yes. And Wendy and I, I honestly can't remember what I rated it, but I do know that as we finished the series, we both agreed that that was our favorite of the five. We loved it. Thank Great you. Great one-liners. And you were kind enough to listen to that. And I've just pulled up my notes because <laughs> I have forgotten <laughs> what we said. But um, I understand you might have some thoughts for us on some of the questions we asked. Well, you if, if you have – you tell maybe you can tell me, like, what your burning questions were if you go back. But I remember one of them was, why isn't he staying at a hotel? Yeah. So I am going to look at the script because I am almost positive that I have a line in that script – <laughs> that oh, maybe we it. missed it. And if I didn't have it and it got cut, see, now it's entirely possible. I'm going to look at it right now. It's entirely possible that there was this line and then it did not make it into the final edit. So I'm going to type, I'm going to do a search for the word hotel. <laughs> oh, here we go. Let's see. Ah, I don't know if this made it in there, but the line was, he says, are you sure this guest house is as good as the hotel? And his agent says, trust me, it's better. And he says, then why isn't it already booked up like the hotels are? Because I had it that the hotels were all booked in town oh, for like Winterfest and hockey okay. and stuff like oh, that. Oh, that makes so sense. So I don't know if that line made it in. And it I is possible remember. that we skated over that one line. So I mean, like, skated. You know, you're not, <laughs> listen, it's not, I'm, you know, the, the beauty of a Hallmark movie is that you do not need to completely laser focus on it. Like you're watching like a Christopher Nolan movie where you're going to miss something, <laughs> right? right? So you need to like, you know, I get that people are mostly doing something else or on their phones when they're watching the movies. Um, but yes, that's, that, that was the answer to that question. And I, uh, I don't know if it's still made it, but that's the answer. Um, the other reason that I give is <laughs> the joke answer why isn't he staying at a hotel? And the answer is because then there wouldn't be a Hallmark movie. Of course. Because <laughs> of course. So like when, when, when I hear reviews, sometimes I laugh because it's like, well, you know, it's, I always say, you know, it's not a documentary. So obviously there has to be a buy-in to the situation. So obviously, you know, like we have to get him to her to stay in the guest house. Cause that's the cute thing about it. Right. So, you know, we, we try and get through that, that the why of it without spending too much time explaining. Cause it's just sort of a buy. You just sort of have to be like, yep. Okay. Well, it's a Hallmark movie and that's what's happening. That's so, so like, we try and explain it and not have plot holes, but at the same time, we don't want to spend an entire page explaining that the hotels are booked in right. Avon and why, because you know, I, I had a whole thing in an old draft about how there was a, a hockey tournament or Winterfest people are staying there or the, oh. there's only one hotel in town and it's, 
you know, I had a whole thing about it, but then ultimately they just tell you to cut it because we're, we're always running long. Yeah, it right. works better if he's in her backyard, of course. Of course. Because, because <laughs> he can get there during the ice storm. Yeah, I always say because movie, because script. That's why. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the answer. Um, the other one was, uh, yes, Avon is a small enough town that you can leave a key under the mat. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> like, But I will say there has been a rash of car thefts in Avon because – um, people are coming over the hill, like in, in 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 roving gangs, and driving around all the neighborhoods and trying to steal cars with open doors because people leave their cars open and their keys in the car. Oh my uh, goodness! Now, wow. yeah. So we all we we know from being from Los Angeles that we do not leave our keys in our cars and our car doors unlocked, and we do never. not leave open things, and we do not we just don't. Like I never mm. understood that when I moved here. I still I always lock my car at night and put the keys inside. But apparently here people don't, and that's uh, that's where that's coming from. <laughs> so that's another question you had. And now the Huga thing. Oh, right? yes. Mm. So that was a bigger part of the uh, earlier drafts where that's just her – that's her thing. I have all these books in my living room about Huga, and I, ha- and I was into this before Frozen took it because Frozen the <laughs> Musical – made a song about it but i, I was always like that, yes. into this before i was into this concept a long time ago and i always wanted to use it and um i just they needed a way to kind of introduce that word that wasn't sort of it just needed to they, people needed to see the word and because there was i had a whole bunch of jokes about it and stuff so i think they just wanted to see it on the sign so we just decided that her norwegian family named it that because they came from Norway. That was, that was the quick solution to them wanting the audience to see the word, to understand why he was having trouble pronouncing it or any of that stuff. So the sign was created for the movie then? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. I have a question which you can choose not to answer (laughs) to protect the innocent, but can Luke McFarlane skate? Yes. Okay. (laughs) He can. Does he he have um, a skating double? He did have a double uh, for some of the hockey bits. He's yeah. actually, what's funny is that he is a Juilliard trained uh, actor and took dance and, and was a better dancer. This is what Alexa said than she was. So when he does that pirouette, that was legit. Like he already knew how to do that. <laughs> oh, funny. Hockey, he's Canadian. So he knew how to skate because that's <laughs> part of, that's just the rule of being a Canadian is that you know how to ice skate. And he learned how to juggle the puck on the stick because of the script. And he, he sent me a video of him practicing and learning. And, um, and he was, you know, showing me he was so excited that he learned how to do it. So, you know, for the, the hockey action scenes, they had a bunch of actual hockey players wearing the Rangers stuff, uh, filming that. And mm-hmm. I actually have one of those. I have one of those jerseys. They put Sherm on the back. I and saw on your in Instagram. There. I love that. Yeah, yeah I was awesome. so. I I love it. I'm so excited. And the Wolfpack, you know, that's the local. I was actually kind of hoping to get a Wolfpack jersey because that's actually a real, the real minor league team. That's why I said it here because it made sense to the story completely that he would have to come to the minor league team to get back up to get ready, and that it's right. We are a suburb of Hartford, so. It, it actually legitimately made sense. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I said it. That's why it worked to set it here. Cause I, I could have said any movie here that I've had this whole time, but this made sense to me. Um, like one Royal holiday was um, also set in Connecticut and um, shot in Connecticut, but I made up a town name based in um, 
a combination of Simsbury, which is the next town over from Avon, and Kent, <laughs> which is a very beautiful town a few minutes away. And I made it Kentsbury. Kentsbury. <laughs> yes. Um, but they shot it in a different, totally different part of Connecticut because it was one of the first movies back after COVID. And it was shot in the corner of Connecticut that basically nobody lives in and everybody just kind of quarantined for two weeks and then they made the movie. Wow. Well, so uh, we didn't review that one, but I did watch it. And I just, as a side note, wanted to say I really enjoyed that. That movie made me oh, cry. Thanks. I thought there were so Yay. many sweet moments. I loved the queen's character. And I love how her. warm and loving she was in that movie. And I really enjoyed that. That cast will never get again unless they do a sequel because they are all huge Broadway stars. And I just cannot believe we got them. But I they were they had nothing else to do. So they did oh. it. <laughs> But they are, I mean, Victoria Clark, who played the queen, it's a gigantic, she's a Tony Award winning Broadway star. Laura Osnes, been on Broadway forever. And, you know, uh, Aaron Tveit, the prince, is the lead Moulin Rouge. And then um, the girl who played Sarah, the mayor, is uh, in Hamilton when she's Eliza in Hamilton on Broadway while it's running. And so it's like this huge, huge group of fabulousness. And and just, uh, I, I needed to do a sequel where they sing. But, yes, oh, and not awesome. just a just, quick Christmas Carol clip. <laughs> well, they didn't want. I mean, everyone get a lot of people got on me for not letting them, for not having the like more singing. But that was not my choice. I would have had them do it, the entire thing as a musical, but they did not want to. They wanted. Oh to my gosh, act, they wanted to be that. actors. In this yeah. one, so now did. was that film during the winter in Connecticut? Because the snow looked very real in that. That was summer, and it was oh. hot. Oh, As I'm impressed. You can't, I can't even tell you. I had the one day they finally let me go on set. I, I had to go get a COVID test in the morning and then I could go over there. And I brought my two friends that are the biggest Hallmark fans. I, I was going to have everyone I know be in this movie before it was COVID. Cause I could have had like everyone I know be extras, but mm-hmm. this wasn't going to work now. So I, I got a couple of my friends. They had to go bring all their, the cutest winter clothes they had and did and do wardrobe. So I'm like in shorts and a t-shirt and flip-flops <laughs> and they are in like heaviest winter coats, sweating, just, you know, in hats. And they're in it. They're in the movie at the beginning when at the donut shop, um, they're the ones that just get served right before she goes to the counter. And, and, and it's so funny because we have, yeah. So we have these pictures <laughs> of the two of them just, just dying and I'm in shorts and it's just, it's, it was funny. It's like a, it was the hottest day of the whole summer. Of that, course. Gosh. Yeah. Well, and I, remember- I had the there's ahead, the sorry. scenes where they're snowed in and there's big mounds yeah. of snow. It looked very good. I was very impressed. So <laughs> that, yeah, they do a really, uh, this, this crew in Connecticut, they've done a lot of really good stuff for Hallmark and we were trying to figure out another movie to do. Um, cause I really love working with them, but, um, they're really good at it. And a lot of it is post-production digital stuff too. Ah. Um, but the, the fake snow looks great and they kind of melt the edges of the cotton. So it looks like the edge of snow. Mm-hmm. They have a whole they have a whole way of doing it that's really cool. Well, but it's yeah, come a long summer. way because my husband and I were watching one of the earliest Countdown to Christmas movies from mm-hmm. year, I, how it was old, and it was very clearly like cotton batting rolled out on the ground. <laughs> that they were walking on. And I was yeah. like, they've definitely improved their fake snow I mean, just abilities. Di- just digital it. snow. I mean, just digital snow has changed it all, right? That they can literally just make snowfall. At yeah, any, at any yeah. Time. <laughs> on the screen. Yep. Digitally. Yeah. I have a quick question back mm-hmm. to um, taking a shot at love. Now, sure. was there some sort of deal between the New York Rangers? Because I was surprised that you guys got to like 
for Luke yeah. to like wear that merchandise and all that stuff throughout the movie. Yeah, they um, sent the script to the Rangers and asked if they could do it. And they really were into it. And, they, and it actually now they're so happy with the publicity they got and sort of, you know, that that they loved what happened. And now they're kind of interested in other you know, Madison Square Garden as a company is interested in other connections. And I, and, and, and I do have something going on, uh, like with them, but I can't, I really can't say what it is, but it's, <laughs> but, Exciting. but there's stuff, you know, it's, it's cool. It's a nice little, I liked the, I liked it because, you know, it's hard enough to get guys to watch Hallmark, but at least this movie, I felt like had enough stuff to kind of keep them okay. Keep them interested, you know, like air hockey and hockey and. Oh, I love know, that scene so much. Guy stuff. And, and I had a lot more guy stuff <laughs> before I kind of went away like I had uh well in my mind they were a lot of the stuff was in a uh at a pond I I was really hoping they would get a pond for a lot of these hockey scenes between like that she had a pond at her property because I was picturing this neighbor of mine who has a really beautiful big house and a cute super cute cottage and a huge pond that's always frozen over and there's always kids skating on it so that was sort of my vision of like where Felix, the, the boy and everybody, mm-hmm. that's where they were doing all that stuff was going to be on the pond. But they couldn't, they, oddly enough, they could not find a way to make that happen in Canada. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Felix, I loved that little character. The The boy who played him was awesome. So awesome. That boy. Beautiful that boy, dancer. Amazing, right? Can you believe that? Yeah. He actually was Billy Elliot uh, on, I guess, whatever Canadian's version of Broadway is. So he was legit, like, he, oh. and he played hockey. I could not believe we, we cast the actual real version of this character. It just, it was perfect. And I really liked that. It, and tell me, was this part of your writing? Was that, it was like this micro messaging of you can do both. You can be mm-hmm. a dancer and you can be a hockey player. You don't have Absolutely. to be in this box. Yeah, I loved it. Yes, that was it. very on purpose. Uh, uh, my son loves to play foot, tackle football and is a great actor and saxophone player. And, you know, I always awesome. tell him just be, you got to be, you know, he's a renaissance, renaissance man in training. Yeah. Just got to do, you know, a jack of all trades kind of a thing. It's hard yeah. though. It's hard to be a kid like that, you know, where you're not kind of into your one thing. Mm-hmm. But you have lots of different things, but it, you know, it actually makes it a little harder. Yeah. And well, and bo- especially, go ahead, Wendy. I was going to say, we are both moms of tweens and teens as well. So, oh, are you? We okay. understand. Yeah. We, we understand. We understand. Definitely. Well, and I think, you know, it's also hard if your one thing isn't soccer or baseball, right? Like my totally. 13 year old, his thing pre COVID <laughs> was bowling. Like he's a bowler and bowls competitively, which is bizarre that it's a thing, but that's his thing. And, you know, people always kind of give you a second glance when that's like his quote sport. But right. I think it is it's hard if out of the main, it's out of the mainstream. Like, it's hard. Yeah. Right. That's amazing though. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah, he loves it. And I love that yeah. it's always indoors in air condition. <laughs> oh, for sure. Well he doesn't you know, soccer soccer in Valencia, which is where we lived, it, it was brutal when we when he played uh when when I was I was hoping he would be a soccer guy because I played soccer and Aww. I was hoping I was hoping he'd be a swimmer because I was a swimmer and none of those things happened and I had to sort of get over it and we finally figured out how much he loves football when he started playing flag so that's his sport um and as a Jewish mother you know the thought of him <laughs> playing tackle is not great for me but you know they have they, they have a lot more safety rules and helmets in place now than I'm not that worried I'm not as worried about it like but yeah it's it, but he also is a really great actor 
And that's definitely a hard thing to balance. It's like, it's like a high school musical basically. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, <laughs> so, you know, I, it's, it's tough to be, yeah, it's just tough to be anything outside the main, the mainstream at this age. Yeah. That's nice that, that he's the got rebooted new show. What? Oh, of High School Musical? <laughs> yeah, the Disney Plus. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, I haven't I, seen it. Oh, it's, it's so good. Honestly, even as yeah. an adult, you'll enjoy it. High School Musical, the musical, <laughs> the yeah. series I, is what it's I called. I think I watched one. I think I, I think I watched one, and I, but I wasn't paying close enough attention. I'm obsessed with uh, WandaVision right now, like completely obsessed with it. So I, that's my, my one appointment television I haven't watched that yet. Megan, have you watched it? Oh my God. No, because I'm afraid I won't be able to follow it. I've seen pretty much all of the Marvel movies, but I don't have like all of the details in my brain. So I kind of feel like, am I going to know what's happening? Um, You, uh, I think you will. Okay. Well, also we have the internet, so I feel like I could maybe look things up. (laughs) But if you are, yeah, if you're a fan of, if you're a fan of television and and just sitcoms and, and, and all that, it is just genius. It's, I, I, I can't even tell you how perfectly they do the genres of sitcoms in the, in, in, in the years that they're doing as they go up in years from like the black and white ones to the, the Brady Bunch, you know, type to the eighties full house stuff. That's where we're at now is the eighties ones. It was so genius. And I can't wait because I feel like this week they're going to do like friends or something or some, you know, those nineties sitcoms. I cannot wait. It's just the best as a writer and i'm really critical of other tv's stuff um, of course and it's hard to watch sort of just for fun but I, my mind gets blown every week i love it i have to watch it i'll watch it this weekend try it now yeah. i know me too so you talked a little bit about uh the spring movie you have coming up can you tell us what else you're currently working on so besides those the the one for spring and the one for next winter um, I have a Christmas movie that didn't quite make it uh, in time for last year. So we're making it for this year. So I already wrote it, um, which is cool. So I know I have a Christmas movie coming. Not as high profile as One Royal Holiday, but I think it's just a nice little Christmas movie. And then I have two very high profile projects that I cannot talk about Ooh. that are both involving um, sort of name people and things so i can't say anything on the hallmark channel or everything's no it's it's all okay okay you know until everything's always under the vest until it's not and and sure so but i'm really excited about those and what's fun is that there's a whole team uh in new york city for hallmark and and it's really been fun to kind of work with them just we we all feel like we're kind of you know we're all we're the east coast crew doing our thing and Mm -hmm. that's been really great and then i just have a few like you know, pitches in development and, and then every, and then people have a couple of rewrites maybe that I may, I might do. So I'm like, usually I have like eight things on my desk and right now I have four. So it's, it's, it's on purpose though. I'm just trying to take a breath. It's just been crazy, crazy, crazy. So, so but in a good way, I'm grateful for it, but I definitely need to have like some, a little bit of balance. Yes. That was my word of the year. It's not going so well. <laughs> I'm just forcing it because my blood, I, I was starting to not, you know, I was starting to feel not well and, you know, just from stress and everything. And I, you know, that's one thing I'm so grateful for all this work and this, this, all the Hallmark success at the same time though, you know, I, I, I work myself into the ground and, you know, there has to be a work-life balance, especially mm-hmm. when you have kids and, yeah. um, Yes, that's kind of, I'm trying to balance it all this year a little bit better. And where can people find more from you? Where's the best place for them to keep up with what's going on? 
So I am not the best about my social media. I, it's usually when something's coming out that I really get back on there and post stuff. Mm-hmm. So I would say Instagram is okay. <laughs> Which I think is, I think it's Julie Sherman Wolf, right? Uh, it's Julie, uh, and then like underscore Sherman underscore Wolf. And then um, Twitter is at Shermwolf. And I do a lot of live tweeting when things air. Yay, that makes me so excited. (laughs) But I can't wait for your. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I've been generally not around on Twitter. I don't really have time to like maintain it. But but yes, when things air, I'm there for sure. So um, yeah, so I'll be around and and I always try and engage with as many people as I can. It's really fun to engage with the actors too. Oh, yeah, because they're usually live tweeting as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, it's funny because the East Coast feed is easier. And then it's like now it's midnight and the West Coast is on. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this again. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys are going to have to, you're going to have to come out on the the East Coast feed. Well, it's funny. I do watch it in the East Coast feed. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I use the friendly app and everything airs um, in East Coast time. So, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So that's pretty much it. And then, um, there's a, uh, I do have a Facebook page that says Julie Sherman Wolf writer. And I, I kind of posted that every so often. See, I'm terrible. I, I should be better at it, but it's just a time suck. If I, once I get on Instagram and start caring about that, it's really hard to, it takes a long time. I don't know how you guys do it. Like it just takes a long time and it's really hard to maintain that social media presence. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely a big portion. That's a of- whole other job. <laughs> yes, <laughs> totally. 100%. Well, this was so fun. I can't thank you enough for joining us. I'm so glad you agreed to do this. Thank and- you so much for having me. I really it's appreciate awesome. it. So awesome. Um, we're gonna leave links to everywhere you can find Julie in our show notes. Um, you can also, if you don't have, we sung its praises often but the hallmark checklist app the hallmark movie checklist app you can search by movie and it'll let you know when movies are airing Ooh. so past movies you can find them so you can catch up you can record them you can watch them and thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast as always if you enjoyed this we would love it if you would leave a rating and or a review of course we love them but it also helps people find us in the apple podcast community until next time have a great week bye Bye.